0: there you are listening to iwg radio the place to be for all of your wellness needs we just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions the lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy so i am dr kyle and i'm here with dr phil
1: Hello everybody
0: and today's episode we will be chatting about the development of the cranial bones, the dura and the infant cranial sacral system and some other um, implications and health concerns that can arise at this time and uh, hopefully you enjoy the, uh, the content today. So as you may know Dr. Phil and myself uh, both practice cranial sacral therapy um, and we've been learning some really cool stuff. So what um, I'm going to start with is chatting a little bit about how our cranial bones actually form. And it may not be something that we usually think about, um, but it, has, it is actually very, very important. And uh, a lot of, uh, say, health concerns or how we grow and change and develop uh, can be attributed to uh this time in our life. So um, during the birth process our cranial bones are soft and moldable and they aren't actually fused bones and joints yet. These bones actually form from the membrane that surrounds our our brain and if you kind of think about uh, if you're on uh, a lake or a body of water and it's really cold and you see some little islands of ice floating around the water. If the temperature drops and those pieces of ice begin to grow, eventually they begin to grow larger and closer together and then can begin to touch and form what kind of look like joints. And beneath those big pieces of ice is still the water. So we can kind of compare that to the cranial sacral system that's within our our head in our in our infancy. So the water um, is our cerebrospinal fluid, and those pieces of ice are our cranial bones that are forming. Um, and even though they appear that it's one big solid piece, uh, they still move around. And any sort of input that can happen in the other side of the lake or in different areas. In the body of water, can affect the entire system. So let's let's think about that in real-world uh, terms, if you will. So hopefully that visual helped. So let's say, for example, um, you are born uh, a wonderful, beautiful natural birth, and the cranial bones um, look great. There's a good head shape, um, but there's some molding that had happened as sh- you come through the birth canal, which is completely normal. Those bones are, are doing that because they need to move around a little bit to make sure that baby's passage through the birth canal is a little bit easier. And one of the things that helps those cranial bones naturally mold back to their proper position and shape is the suckling motion from breastfeeding. When baby attaches to the breast and begins suckling, the intraoral pressure helps to rebalance uh, the membranes within the brain and helps to allow those cranial bones to uh, remold, realign in their proper position and uh, be where they're supposed to be. So as a little exercise right now, we'll take a minute and place your tongue at the roof of your mouth, uh, close your mouth and begin to suck and kind of hold that a little bit. And what I want you to notice is how the inside of your head feels. Do you feel that only in your mouth? Do you feel it in your tongue? Do you feel it maybe around your temples or at the top of your head or in the back of your head? So that pressure that's being created is also happening within the infant's head. And that's supposed to happen. That's totally normal, but it's something we may not really think about. Also, this is very important to consider as we compare something like breastfeeding to bottle feeding, where when baby sucks from a bottle, not as much pressure is needed uh, for for baby to get milk from a bottle. Now, what I'm not saying is one is better than the other. It is not a conversation about that. It's just comparing the two to give you more information about how our body can naturally, you know, get to its its normal state, and some things that work in one way, and some things that work in another way. So I found that very very interesting, and wanted to pass that information along.
1: I have a question, Doctor Kyle. So if for some reason, whether there's a latching issue or the mother is unable to uh, provide milk through the whole feeding period or, um, during that development, how can we allow that space or that proper expansion? As I was doing that exercise, I actually felt expansion in my, the front of my skull in the forehead area. So say if there's maybe a, a delay, if the baby is not able to breastfeed the whole time, how can we allow that space to, in the pressure in that Expansion and growth happen. Say if that wasn't going on the whole during the whole time.
0: Sure. So there there can be many reasons why um, babies latch uh, or transfer or uh, other issues that may arise with breastfeeding. But we'll just take this this particular um, concept uh, this time. There are other um, reasons, say uh, tongue tie, lip tie. Um, uh, torticollis, uh, which are other things that can be uh, certainly helped through um, specific cranial sacral therapy modalities, um, and torticollis also with uh, some chiropractic uh, work as well. Uh, but for today, we'll just we'll focus on that. So, if those cranial bones um, are not molded properly. Let's let's just say maybe a birth was was a little difficult. Maybe a baby was uh, in the birth canal a little bit longer, and there's some extra pressure around those cranial bones, or maybe a baby had to be delivered via you know a vacuum extraction or forceps or a cesarean delivery. However, birth happens. You know that's that's how that's how it happens, and we can we can we can work with that. But when those bones are not molded properly uh, and not addressed, then there can be longer-standing issues that can continue, you know, over a period of time. Um, there are some things that you know can kind of work themselves out, but if we think about the front of our cranial bones, so that's the frontal bone. Then along the tops and sides are our parietal bones. In the back is our occipital bone, and on the sides around our ears are the temporal bones. Now there are bones within the cranium as well, but we'll just talk about these specific bones today. Um, so, for example, let's just say there's some extra pressure on the frontal region or the frontal bone, um, and Dr. Phil will provide some more information about what could happen if that's the case.
1: So the frontal lobe uh, has a very important uh, process for our, our well-being in that it's a higher brain center. It's our executive processing, how we're able to take information in uh, complex um, issues or problems and organizing them and distributing them through the, the rest of the brain. So say, for instance, that the baby did have trouble with the breastfeeding and that expansion wasn't able to happen, there could be some development, developmental delays in that area of the, of the brain. And so I'm thinking in particular, if we did, if we do know our birth story and, or we, we, start doing more research and we do realize that, oh man, I was not breastfed very much and I was put on a bottle or pacifier, maybe that can contribute to my development as I went into adolescence, into early adulthood, and maybe why I'm having symptoms or cognitive delay as an adult. And so I'm just thinking about, especially with the frontal area, um, making sure that that area is freely movable and the brain is able to develop the best of its ability as we become adults and we're being uh, exposed to those higher brain centers or those uh, situations in life where we have to analyze and organize if we have delays maybe since we were a child that can explain why maybe um, we're having experience experiencing symptoms as adults.
0: Absolutely. So in in short, if we are able to take uh, a little pressure off of uh, those bones that have some tension within them or within the dura surrounding that area, um, we can help gently uh, give the body some more balance and help some of those issues that may be present. Um, So next, uh, the parietal bones. So again, as as we said, the parietal bones are the sort of sides and and top part of our of our cranium kind of like a a helmet if you will Um, and they uh, surround and protect our parietal lobes of our brain and uh, if there is some extra
1: pressure or tension here um, that can present in
0: specific ways as well
1: if there are compromise to the parietal area there may be delays or difficulty with spatial awareness Uh, problem-solving, and also possibly with um, sensory and taking in the environment.
0: So if we we think about this, we're going to do another little exercise. So to show you what it might feel like to have extra pressure around the parietal bones and the parietal lobes, just kind of interlace your fingers, and then with the palms of your hands, you know, kind of cup the top and sides of your heads and apply, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot, just gentle, constant pressure. And then keep that pressure. And after a while, see how you feel. You might feel a little uncomfortable. You might feel a little irritable. You might not like that constant pressure. You may feel like you want to say things in a different way. You might have a little bit of a short fuse. You might not want anybody to you know, approach you or touch you in a certain way. This is a a very similar presentation of a child that may have some sort of sensory processing issues. So when there's extra tension within these bones, on the lobes, in the soft tissue, around the cerebral spinal fluid, around the brain, um, that is something that can arise. Next are temporal bones, uh, which basically surround our our ears, if you if you think about it that way, on the very sides of our brain. Uh, if there are ex- if there's extra tension in this area, that can attribute to specific things as well.
1: If there is tension in the temporal area, one can possibly experience um, reading difficulties. So, uh, dyslexia, um, difficulty r- organizing words, finding meaning in words, um, also. Uh, balance, vestibular inner ear issues and uh, possibly c- concentration. And so that's often found with um, if there's tension or abnormal functioning into, in the temporal area.
0: Absolutely. And then at the very back of our head is our occiput. Um, so our occipital lobe of our brain uh, deals with our visual center. Um, And can also have a lot of input with balance and coordination. And uh, if there's extra pressure there, there can be some specific things that we might see.
1: For sure. I'm thinking also um, the brainstem is located. So as Kyle mentioned, that's our coordination, balance, um, cerebellar activity. And then also um, it leaves more space for the uh, upper bones in the neck, the atlas and axis. which are important areas for our cranial nerves that go um, into the deep brain centers and also into the face, eyes, mouth, um, as well as the vagus nerve, which goes down to our gut and enteric nervous system. It's a very, very vital nerve to keep healthy and keep the space around that area, around that nerve and the impulses, the, the input from that nerve down into the body, back up to the brain, keeping that Nerve happy and healthy can uh, create a world of difference in our health.
0: So what we are trying to present today is a concept of understanding and acknowledging our birth story and our birth journey and how things that may or may not have happened around this time can contribute to our physical, emotional well-being throughout the lifespan. Um, so we'd like to take the opportunity to um, allow you to think about um, other avenues such as sacral therapy to help maybe yourself or your children um, experience a different modality that can be very light and gentle to help release tension in the dura, in the soft tissue surrounding the brain and the rest of the body, allowing the cranial system to be in better balance to allow you uh, and your family to experience the world in a calm and gentle and balanced state and not in a constant state of stress and tension.
1: Very well said, Dr. Kyle. Uh, I fully agree. This The therapy is um, it's quite beautiful in the fact that it allows us to change our state of being and really tune into uh, a system that we often don't get checked and worked on. And I think we all, most of us, have had some sort of difficulty or, or trauma in our birth, or we don't know anything about it. And we are still able to help this system stay healthy throughout our life. And as we continue to do that, um, like Kyle said, we be, I think we become... Um, more loving and connected human beings and from there um, I feel like society gets better and when you have a healthy society I feel like um, that's when
0: everybody is happier and healthier beautiful So if you are resonating with the information uh, that we spoke about today and are looking to take that next step, uh, we invite you to take advantage of our complimentary 15-minute strategy calls. Uh, We're always here to have a nice little chat with you, and you can access on our website. We thank you so very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye for now.